0: So I did all of that for four months, and then my boss went on paternity leave and the project became all mine.
1: These doctors like 60 or 70 years old. They're learning how to use our machines. And they're like, I'm sorry, how old are you? I'm like, 21.
2: It's like, you're telling them what to do. uh, And you're like 40 years younger.
3: Hey, this episode was brought to you by the iBioMed Department of McMaster University. Follow Mac iBioMed or stick around for more info.
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Brainwave's podcast, episode 9, part 1, the co-op industry series. My name is Yumna Leirfan, and I'm in my fifth year of HESI iBioMed, and I'm going to be one of your co-hosts today.
4: And I'm your other co-host, Sam Militia. I'm in my third year of mechatronics and iBioMed. And we have an exciting show planned for you today. We, uh, going off of the episode in September, Welcome Back to Mac, where I started to talk a little bit about my co-op experience of the summer. We decided to bring you a buffet of different co-op experiences. And because we wanted to add as much detail as we could, we've decided to break this into a multiple part episode.
2: So for this part of the episode, we're going to be listening in to students in the Chem End stream, as well as the Engineering Physics stream. Let's see what they have to say. Today we have with us our first guest, Iman, and she is in Chem Eng in her fourth year. So, Iman, tell us a little bit about your co-op.
0: Hi, so my name is Iman, and I went on co-op in between my third and fourth year of the iBioMed program. Uh, specifically, I'm in chemical engineering with iBioMed, and I did a 12-month co-op September to September at Sanofi Pasteur, Toronto which is a vaccine manufacturing company that focuses on diphtheria, tetanus and pertussis vaccines and in the new year last year 2021 they announced exciting news that they're also going to start flu manufacturing on site. It's a very cool historical site in Toronto affiliated with the University of Toronto. Uh they did like original historical vaccines where they used like blood from horses and stuff. And they have like all the old stables and barns on site still, which is pretty cool. And I learned a lot about the vaccine manufacturing process, project engineering, wastewater systems, and how I can apply chemical engineering and biomedical engineering in a disciplinary field.
4: So like when you're applying to this co-op, how like, obviously, it's very complicated process. And it's like, something that not very many people have a lot of experience in making that kind of stuff, so like how do how did you prepare for an interview like that?
0: I prepared for the interview by doing a lot of research on Sanofi on like Glassdoor and other uh, like indeed websites like that and trying to figure out what they ask people and when I finally got to the interview, it was more just like a conversation. so I think it really paid off to be really well prepared and look into Every single possible question that they could ask you, and then just be really confident in your situational answers. So, in iBiomed, you have really great opportunities of working in interdisciplinary design projects. And I'm sure everyone can have good, bad, and ugly stories from Design Studio, just really like important life experiences that I found my interviewers actually really responded to. I got a lot of questions about iBiomed and how interdisciplinary work has really shaped and like fostered my interest for my future career. So I think researching all possible questions and really thinking about how you can uniquely answer those questions with your experience is a really good piece of advice that I used. And also um, being yourself during the interview. I think another thing that my interviewers responded to were my extracurriculars, To that, it spoke to them that I could be organized as well as work really hard in their department. And it's also just nice to have something to relate with people that you've never met before and are eventually going to be your co-workers that you spend every day with. So for example, on Eng Club, I used to be the sports rep and we would organize uh, intramural volleyball teams. And I'm probably the least athletic person you'll ever meet, (laughs) but I got my girlfriends and some guys and people in within ChemEng and even other engineering streams to rally together and make a volleyball team, and it was just play fun, but it was on my resume, and the interviewers also really liked playing volleyball when they were in school, and so that was just something that could um, be an icebreaker, have us relate, something to talk about, and, you know, they want interesting people. <laughs> if you if you have something you can relate to, even as yourself as Interviewee, it will just make you feel a lot more at ease and comfortable in sharing like all the amazing things you have to offer the company. So,
2: yeah, it's funny you mention the uh, late the the design studio bit because I think a lot of students who uh, did it online wouldn't get to experience what we did is like staying very late. Uh, everyone's working on the project and you can all see like everyone's super tired or everyone's like, you know, in in a, in a sort of a phase. And yeah, it's just, yeah, I kind of missed that from, uh, you know, online school.
0: Um, ordering pizza I mean, to ETV at like eight o'clock.
2: <laughs> exactly. It's like everyone's just like, you know, having dinner and, and doing like nonstop work. So it was, yeah, it was, it was really fun. I think that's some sort of the, the experiences that you can talk about, Maybe a lot of times in industry, you might have like deadlines and um, projects that you have to work on. You'd be like, yeah, we we sort of like all pulled all nighters and that was fine. <laughs> yeah. So was, yeah.
0: And I think um, the interdisciplinary teams are also a very unique thing. I think biomed can bring to industry. For example, I was put on a desk booking uh, project at Sanofi where we were implementing a new resource management system to deal with um, people coming back to site after COVID regulations. And so there was a really big strain for seating, and we needed to find places to put people. The ChemEng optimization problem right there. But uh, it wasn't just a ChemEng team. I had to work with procurement, supply chain, HR, the head of the site, what other departments, like, just like, uh, shipping and delivery, IT, so many teams I know nothing about, or was never taught anything about, but uh, learning about what they do and about what I do can help them. Uh, my i iBioMed design projects, like, learning how, like, I can work with someone in a LECANGE or HESI, uh, translating that to interdisciplinary teams in the workplace, I think is something Biomed's who have learned online or in person can apply. Absolutely,
5: absolutely.
4: So in in our little pre-screening questionnaire we sent, you were talking about how you created a pitch for a project. Could you elaborate a bit more on that?
0: Yeah, so um, Sanofi Pasteur Toronto is set up kind of like a university campus. So it's really big piece of land in North York, lots of buildings and during my time there at the end of 2020, they actually demolished four buildings that were old to make space for the flu manufacturing facility that they announced at the beginning of 2021. So with the loss of these four buildings, a lot of seating was lost. This initially didn't propose a problem because due to COVID, I would say about 70% of employees could work from home or at least hybrid. But with the hopes of the new vaccine that was rolling out at the beginning of 2021 and people eventually returning back to work in a more hybrid or full-time capacity, there was no space for all the current employees or any new hires. So my boss took me aside and he was working on a desk booking proposal and he brought me on to try and do a proof-of-concept pilot study on the site within our building, where I was in charge of ordering all the equipment, figuring out where it all should go, where it can work on the site, and evaluating who it could work for on the site, which departments. So I did all of that for four months, and then my boss went on paternity leave, and the project became all mine. And his request to me was, when I come back, I want the board of directors to have approved this and I want to see it all over the site (laughs) the way the desk booking system works is there's these little desk screens on all the desks that say whether someone has booked it or not so that we can have a desk sharing capacity if people are only on site two to three days a week they don't need their own personal desk what that is just going to be empty for the remaining 50% of the week when other people can be using it So ultimately, I designed a project rollout plan for the entire site, figured out which departments this could work for, which buildings it could be in. I piloted it in three buildings. And eventually, with the help of my new supervisor, uh, after several board of directors meetings, I finally got them sold. And I actually just got some really good news from my boss last week. He reached out to me. Uh, He came back from his paternity leave and he told me, hey, good news. Um, this desk booking system just got approved by Sanofi Global to be the global uh, standard for uh, seating arrangements on Sanofi sites. So that was exciting. <laughs> wow, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> um, so I
2: mean, you as like a co-op student actually sort of made an impact and was, were running your own project. Um, like, that's amazing. How did that feel like being put in that position where you're um, sort of new in the field, and you're um, now asked to do this like really big task without um, like a supervisor being your own supervisor or having your own project. How how was that?
0: So it was kind of weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was really exciting, and I did have a really good like two to three person team that really stood by me and helped me do some of the bigger things that as a 21-year-old at the time, I was very <laughs> uh, lost by. For example, I was very intrigued by how much money I was allowed to use um
2: (laughs) oh yeah we can't imagine you know it's
0: like
2: Sanofi you know yeah a million dollars whatever you know
0: yeah so like between the vaccine projects or the wastewater projects and or the desk booking project like the amount of money that can be given is like really just beyond the scope of whatever I thought before and um With that though, you do have to prove to the company how the money you're spending will benefit them. So hence why I had to have so many meetings with the board of directors to really sell them that if you spend all this money, I promise you people will fit on site. Uh, There was a lot of skeptics and you can imagine that it's a very unpleasant proposal for some people. It's To some people, what they hear is, Hey, I'm taking away your desk, and you can't have photos of your children on here anymore, and you have to book where you're going to sit every day. (laughs) Where, so listening to personal uh, conflicts like that, I was able to, with my supervisor, help design different desk systems where some people who were on site a lot of the time could have more propriety over their space. And then on the days that they weren't there, they could let it up for people who needed to be on site and needed a space. So working with people's demands was definitely another big uh, obstacle that I learned by having kind of my own project with a lot of people's input. Um, But yeah, it was exciting and challenging due to money constraints or just uh, learning how to deal with that much money, learning with uh, personal constraints, people's personal demands and um, fitting uh, project timelines.
2: Yeah, and I imagine uh, doing something like dealing with competing demands would be something that everyone would have to do in a co-op or at a job at some point. And so you got to learn it in such a large-scale um, impact project, which is amazing. So as our last question, we'd like to, to ask, um, do you think that this co-op uh, impacted the way you see your future going in industry, and where where do you see that going?
0: Totally. I think that this co-op really gave me good insight onto the management roles and project engineering roles that I can do with my undergraduate career. Uh, it really opened my eyes beyond the technical field roles that I could apply to and work for. But it also really gave me a strong appreciation for the technical and floor jobs. And I'm really glad that I got to work with people in those positions and really understand how that connects all the way up the supply chain and how influential project management could be. I think it's really important that project managers have a really good technical understanding of the work that's happening around them. So I can't just be... Good at communicating with people and organization and time management. I have to have a really good sound understanding of the manufacturing process, the mass transfer that happens, the the thermodynamics and fluid mechanics of the like vaccine systems. All my chem eng knowledge, while doesn't feel directly applied in the position, is really foundational to how well you can do a project engineering or project management position and has really opened my eyes to the different fields that I can pursue. Um, However, I do think I really want to explore uh, more technical roles before settling into a more management role.
4: Awesome. Well, thanks for your time and your story. I'm sure a lot of people are going to get a lot out of it. It's definitely new, new to me. I wasn't really sure what kind of co-ops were available in ChemEng, but now I definitely know a lot more, and it's a great experience you got to have. Thanks for coming on the podcast.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
4: All right, so our next guest we have today is Fadia Cruz, who's a level four Fizz student who worked at Exact Imaging last for the last 12 months. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, so I guess I'm in fifth year technically fourth year I don't know how it really works it's confusing um but I'm part of the inaugural class so I'm entering my fourth academic year but fifth year of engineering physics and biomedical engineering um at Mac obviously because there's no other place that does it <laughs> um, I beforehand I've been gearing so like exact imaging was a medical imaging thing and I've always had a passion for like going into the medical imaging fields but more recently after taking like a course and stuff I've been gearing a lot of my per like lot of my courses towards nanotech um, and working and looking at the combination of those two, because there's a nice overlap between combining those two industries, um, which is really nice. And then in terms of myself, um, I don't really know what to say. (laughs) Um, I was born in Peru. Like, (laughs) I'm not sure what kind of things to say for that, you know? Yeah, I Uh, mean, just
2: you can tell us a little bit about your hobbies or something that you have my do. Okay,
1: because I actually decided to have hobbies when I was in co-op because like when you're in school there's like no time for anything it's just school like it's there's nothing outside of that I mean I've recently picked up ice skating so I guess we'll see how that goes <laughs> ask me a year from now see how it's going um but like during the summer I was going like every weekend to like a beach in Fort Erie which was beautiful and I picked up paddleboarding. um so yeah I was like and I learned so much like apparently you can spend days on a paddleboard, and Jeez. I was like how is that even possible? It's like a surfboard. How do you fit everything on it? So I have that surf I have a pedal board. He's twelve feet tall. He's great
2: no that's that sounds like an amazing experience and picking up a new hobby like that's pretty cool. I'm glad yeah. that you know like not being in school kind of gave you a chance to try some different things out. Um, I'm sure we can all agree that school doesn't really, you know, allow for that many hobbies or for us to like go (laughs) paddleboarding every day, but
1: (laughs) it's definitely the hustle culture of school that I'm like, I'm so glad I'm away from it, you know,
2: (laughs) (laughs) and now you're back in it. So, (laughs) all right, for sure. Okay. Tell us a little bit about your position, what you did, um, and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah. So, um, exact imaging is like, a very small company, so like they just have really like the the heads, and then they have like other companies that they use to outsource and create their products and everything. Um, so I was working at their headquarters, and I was working directly under the VP of engineering and clinical studies. Um, so it gave me the opportunity to work on a bunch of different things. So in terms of the engineering aspect, I got to work on the software side of things in terms of like testing and um, creating new um, functions, I guess you could say, for the machine itself. So a lot of the software, they were releasing a new software update that I was able to like go in, use the machine, use a bunch of phantoms and everything, which was really nice to get to do that. Because like, you know, it's like, oh, um, you just no one gets to tell you what it looks like. You don't really understand. And then I actually have to learn what an ultrasound looks like because that's how the testing worked. So I got to work with machines and play with them. Got to image myself, which was kind of cool. Uh, Oh, cool. Was it
2: a CT scan or an MRI MRI image? So my company
1: worked with micro-ultrasound imaging. It's like an ultrasound machine, but it uses a much higher frequency to have a lot more details.
2: Oh, cool.
1: So yeah, ours was specifically used and geared towards um, diagnosing prostate cancer. Because prostate cancer is one of those really tricky ones that it's hard to identify. And ultrasounds today are like super basic, I like to say, Not that I mean to, like, bash them in any way. They're still great for Mm -hmm. certain things. But you really need to check, like, certain um, pore sizes and, like, certain vasculature of the tissue, which you can't see in ultrasound. And so this allows us, instead of, like, kind of bypassing and, like, using something equivalent to an MRI machine, to create this machine and then uh, image a prostate, essentially. Uh, Because, as you know, like, MRIs are great, but they're very bulky. They take a lot of time. It's, like, you have to go through all these steps to actually know what the image is even saying, go through a bunch of people. And it can really delay the diagnosis process. So yeah, that was more of the engineering aspects that I got to do. And then I was creating a function that would like essentially create a 3D image model of a prostate that the, like a clinician could look at so they could go through different slices through like the transverse because they already had it like longitudinally.
6: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, So you mentioned uh, nanotechnology and imaging and how does that sort of come in together? Um, and did that relate from your co-op?
1: Um, so, nanotechnology is really a very brand new field that people are looking into, and a lot of it's into drug delivery and using it as therapeutics. So, um, when you're actually once you've diagnosed the cancer in order to treat it, sometimes you'll use nanoparticles to deliver dr- like deliver drug to a specific location without actually distributing it throughout the entire body. Because like if you're doing like radioactive species that are specifically targeted towards a certain area, you don't want that going through the entire body. Oh, and therapeutics, this can be like, if you're using imaging, you can use nanoparticles to like specifically target a certain area and be like, oh, this is what I'm actually looking for. Because sometimes in imaging, you can like, with all the things that are going on, you can get a little loss as to what's happening because sometimes structures just look similar. And sometimes we just don't know what certain structures are supposed to look like because these things are like the high def, like the high definition of these images is just, it's new territory that we're still exploring. Um, And so the nice thing about um, nanotechnology is that we can use that to pinpoint certain areas and then correlate that with our imaging. And so one of the cool things was like nanobubbles, which are like essentially actually bubbles that they create out of like gas. Um, And they can, they can cultivate cells or um, cultivate drugs in there. And then they can distribute that into that certain area and using real time imaging, you can see, oh, this is where this is being placed and I know this is the area that I want it to be in.
4: Hmm, well that that's a really interesting like type of co-op and it's like very unique that you got to do all those like cutting edge and be involved in a startup which I think is a, something a lot of iBiomed's are really interested in doing. So like how did you kind of find this opportunity? Was it on like Oscar Plus or
1: Yeah, it actually was. <laughs> I was like <laughs> I so the like my co-op, I was like giving up hope, I have to say. Like I had applied to like Cause this was, I started in September, 2020 and I was like planning on doing it. Like, I wasn't sure what was going on because of the pandemic. I was like, I don't really want to do online school. I want to do, I guess I'll do my co-op because my co-op was always something I was like iffy about. I was like, I don't know if I want to take another year from a five-year program to do it. Um, Because it's a lot, like six years, you're like, okay, well, I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't even expecting five. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I was like, okay, well. I guess I'll do it. I don't want to do online school. I don't feel like I, like, especially with the way the pandemic, like, ended that third year, I was like, no, I'm not doing this. The entire summer, I sent out, like, 30 applications or something like that. And then, like, starting for September, I sent out, like, 20 more. Wow. Oscar Plus, that was, like, at the last minute the application was due, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. This is the last one I'm sending out. <laughs> Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. I was like, I am not. I was like, I guess I'm just going to have to accept the fact that I'm going in school, like back in September. And then I got an email from Brian, who was my boss, Brian Waldlinger. And he was like, Hi, like, I'd really love to schedule an interview with you on these days. Um, mm-hmm. And it was funny because, like, another friend, I was like, Oh my God, I got an interview. Like, this is the furthest I've gotten. <laughs> I know I shouldn't get my hopes up, but this is just absolutely crazy. I'm so psyched. And she goes, Oh my God, I got an interview too. <laughs>
2: That's awesome. And you blew them away in the interview, right? (laughs)
1: Well, yeah, that was the thing that was, I have to say, it was kind of nice and a little bit of an ego boost to hear in an interview. They were like, yeah, they're like, you provide a lot of things that we want because it's like, uh, like either they have to choose between like sometimes a biomedical engineer who is just generally, you know, knows about the things. Or they have to choose, like, for, like, an electrical engineer and stuff like that. And so they were like, you do engineering physics, which is essentially make it your own. And then you do biomedical engineering. And then he's like, I just, I, he's like, I don't understand. He's like, you're so smart. And he's like, I'm sorry we're (laughs) underpaying you. And at the moment, I was like, this is underpaying me? I mean,
2: I'm not going to let you (laughs) know You're paying me something, so you know what? (laughs) No, but we are in this niche, you know? And, like, a lot of times people are like, you know, how are you going to find something? That is like, so exactly, you know, in the middle because they're like, yeah, you either have to choose your parents' dream or your, uh, biomedical engineering. And you know, there's so many, or there's like these opportunities that make you like the perfect candidate and that happened with you. And that's amazing.
1: Yeah. Especially for like, for engineering physics students, I find like a lot of medical imaging things or like radioactive therapies and stuff like that. They're looking for students that are like that because we have the background in like quantum But we also have the background of like anatomy because he was like, the guy was like, oh, you know what? Like, I was kind of upset. He's like, I'm not going to lie. He's like, not that the other people aren't great, but they just they didn't know what ventral and dorsal meant or like what Uh (laughs) C value was. And I was like, oh, um, I'm sorry, (laughs) but I'm here. (laughs) So you're welcome.
2: I'm sorry you had to wait for me. But you know, I'm here now and you can appreciate me. <laughs>
1: As if like, you've been waiting all your life. It's fine. It's okay.
2: Yeah. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah.
4: And so after after your experience do, um do you see yourself going back to a company, that maybe that specific company or some a role somewhat like what you were doing?
1: So, I have to say I definitely have to learn a lot more about medical imaging itself because I haven't taken a medical imaging course until this semester um beforehand so like I knew about roughly the things but medical imaging is just there's a lot of math I have not learned and it's it's very complex I was able to work on some things um but not exactly to the full extent and also like the nice thing about working in a very small company where it's just literally vice presidents (laughs) like it was a team meeting of 10 people every week that was the whole company and each of them were like VP of like Quality Assurance, VP of Engineering, and all that, other so like, VP of Finance. That was all, and then there, you see me over here, I'm like, hi, I'm the intern. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not exactly experienced, um, nor am I really that old. I'm, like, 20, 20, I was 20 entering that job. The next closest in age to me was 40, so.
2: No way. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> They must have was, thought you were a child. You're like, wow. And, you know, it, they were <laughs> impressed too. So they were like.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have to say it was nice because the great thing about my boss is like whenever I didn't understand something and I'm always like a person that I'm so bad for asking questions. I've gotten better, but I'm just terrible because I don't want to be like, I don't want to seem stupid, which is not that like asking questions makes you seem it. But like, you know how sometimes you feel that way?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Everyone, everyone does.
1: Yeah. So like my job definitely was like, my boss is like, Fadia, do you know what this is? I was like
2: no, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but I'm explain? willing to learn. Yeah, I
1: know. I was like, I am so willing to just just feed me everything, mold me into whatever you want, um,
2: essentially. And that's what they want too, though. They want someone who's just willing to learn. And um, and I know you've been in group projects with you. You're, you're willing to go above and beyond. So yeah, <laughs> they uh, were definitely lucky to have you, for sure.
1: But yeah, but my job, the nice thing about my job was that they offered me, they were like, yeah, whenever you finish they're like we'd love to have you back. Mm-hmm. Um, full time. Yeah. Like they were because like they offered to like to sign an agreement or whatever that they would like that I would be there post grad. And I was like, I was like, not that I don't love like love working with you all. And honestly, like it was it was like a little family what it like what that com- like what the company was. They were great people. Yeah. Um but I was just like I'm not sure if I want to work too much in it. Cause it was a mixture of engineering and clinical aspects. So like the clinical part was I was essentially like grading doctors on how well they were using our machines interesting <laughs> yeah it was really strange because sometimes I'd be corresponding with these doctors and they're like these doctors are like 60 or 70 years old they're learning how to use our machines and they're like I'm sorry how old are you
2: I'm like 21 <laughs> it's like you're telling them what to do Uh, And you're like 40 years younger.
1: (laughs) I know. I'm like, I'm 21. They're like, have you ever been to medical school? I'm like, no, sir. And they're like, okay, so then why are you telling me that I'm wrong? I was like, because I can clearly tell you that this patient has cancer. Oh, my God. And they were, I was like, and you didn't biopsy the right things. They took another patient the next week to get the, or like a few weeks later to get another biopsy. Because he, like the, the set of biopsies that came, it wasn't right. I was like, well, because you weren't biopsying the right part, uh, the next time that they went biopsied the part that I was telling them to, and it came back that they had, like, grade three or four cancer. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I was like, what did I tell you?
2: <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, that's that sounds like a pretty cool experience. I mean, there is, like, this dynamic of, like, power, right? And, and being so young. Uh, but, I mean, you knew more about the technology, and they... Know more about the medicine, but I guess we have to work together, yeah, um, to kind of advance the diagnostic
4: mm-hmm. uh,
2: realm that that we are working with, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, it was really that cool. Sounds like a pretty cool experience. Yeah, and and especially like doing a full time job. I mean, um, you're still pretty young, right? So you can try out new different things, and then if you want to go back to uh that company, I'm sure, you know, you can go back as well with some of your other experiences, just so you know what you want to do in the future by trying out different things. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. So uh, for the last question, uh, what is the most important thing that you took from this experience? Oh, that's a heavy question. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a lot. So it's mixing with a lot of things because I learned a lot of things about myself during the pandemic. <laughs> And honestly, not being in hustle culture, because like sometimes you don't realize how much you don't take care of yourself sometimes and just take a moment to just relax or like sit down and just like stare at the ceiling with your own thoughts. Like it's really taught me that like taking time for yourself is just healthy. Like it's not like sitting down is not like it's bad or anything. And I used to be very much like I have to be constantly doing something like if not, I'm not doing enough or whatever. So I definitely learned to just be more open about like just accepting things and just like not just relaxing and being calm. Um also just like asking more questions, like not being afraid to be like cuz like you're when you're in upper years too, I find that you're more used to like you know a lot more stuff and everything. But then when you go back into like the job industry um and you're like like juniors or whatever, you're like, okay, well, I feel like I know nothing. And then you're like, okay, well, I can't ask questions. So, like, definitely learn to ask questions and just be more open to a bunch of different ideas. And honestly, like, not taking criticism too much to heart. Like, you're going to mess up sometimes, and that's completely natural. Just don't be too hard on yourself and then just move on with that.
4: Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed your story. And, um, yeah, thank you. <laughs>
1: Thanks for having me. This is great.
2: (laughs) Thank you for tuning in today to listen in to our industry co-op series of the iBiomed Brainwaves podcast, episode nine, part one. Today, we heard from guests in chemical engineering and engineering physics talking about the amazing challenges and opportunities that they got from iBiomed. If you are curious to hear more Please join in for part two of the episode, where we talk to guests in electrical and software. See you then.
3: But wait, the episode's not over. Let's see what we've got in store for our quick bits.
7: Welcome back to another session of iBioBits. I'm Sarah. I'm Sarah.
5: And I'm Manveer.
7: Are you feeling inspired from all of those fantastic co-op insights? because we sure are, and we're here to help you ace your interview so you can get that awesome experience as showcased in this most recent episode. We'll be kind of doing a little interview here. Y'all ready? Let's get into it.
5: <clears throat> <clears throat> Welcome to today's interview. First question. Tell me about a time you failed. How did you respond? Well, that's
6: easy. I've never failed. Stop right there. Saying you've never failed implies
7: that you're incapable of thinking critically about your past mistakes, and that means that you're unable to actually learn and improve for the future. It's really important that you accept each of your failures, whether in a project, applying for scholarships, or in any extracurricular activities, and need to reflect back on those activities and take it as a learning experience.
6: Let's try that again now, shall we? Last year, I was working on a project in one of my courses. I put hours and hours into our final product, and we were really proud with the result. However, the professor felt that it didn't meet the criteria, and we didn't receive the mark that we felt we deserved. This was a big blow to me, and it really felt like a failure, considering how much time and effort I had put into it. However, it is a great reminder that grades don't define who I am, and what's most important is all the skills I learned working on the project, such as time management, team collaboration, and problem solving. So, while I didn't perform well grade-wise, I'm able to learn from my mistakes, take the criticism that was given, and ensure that I apply the skills that I acquired to future projects.
5: Sarah, I must say that was the most wonderfulest of all answers. But the interview is not done. The next question is, what can you do for us that someone else can't?
6: Um... I'm pretty good at school stuff, Um, I think the job will be good on my resume, and I'll try really hard.
7: Okay, hold on, Let's, let's look at that a bit more. So,
6: you should be emphasizing your own skills that makes you uniquely
7: situated for the position, so what sets you above from everyone else? This is a great opportunity to restate your dedication for the job and any specific experiences that have well prepared you for this position. You should make sure to identify your relevant skills while avoiding criticizing anyone else or saying that they're worse than you. Simply talk about how you might stand out from them. And also make sure that you don't
6: ramble on too much, so try and keep it short and sweet. Let's go. I'm a well-rounded individual with strong communication skills and technical abilities. My previous experiences collaborating in groups on projects and in my past internship and volunteer experiences have allowed me to understand the process of completing projects, In high-stress environments. This also taught me the importance of communication within a team. I'm also passionate about the work that's being done by your company and my career goals are heavily aligned with your mission. I'm dedicated and excited about the possibility to contribute to your team.
5: Golly willikers, Sarah! You are amazing and you are a very special bugger, I must say. But the interview is not over. Final question. What is your greatest weakness. My greatest weakness.
6: I'm just such a perfectionist. My detail-orientedness is beyond belief and it sometimes drags me down. Like, I remember one time I was completing this design project and I spent five hours redesigning the prototype because it just didn't sit right with me. My mental health was so bad, but I still got an A plus, so I guess it worked. Okay,
7: last little bit of advice for now, so, it is important, like some people may suggest to turn your weaknesses into strengths, but you should kind of do it a little more subtly, so kind of low key. What's most important here is conveying the fact that you're genuine and honest about your failures and your downfalls. So if you can open up and be vulnerable with the interviewer, you have the opportunity to tell a moving story while also sharing what you've learned. Finally, try to incorporate how you aim to like kind of fix this weakness and move forwards.
6: My greatest weakness is that I'm too oriented on perfection. Sometimes I get caught up trying to alter tiny details rather than looking at the problem macroscopically. I remember one time for a design project I ended up spending most of my group's time altering the clip to our attachment, but I completely forgot to align my design with the patient's needs. To remedy this, I've been actively telling myself when I go down that rabbit hole that I need to focus on the big picture.
5: Thank you, Sarah, for a most wonderful interview. I must say that you have been accepted on the spot to work at our fine institution of McDonald's Incorporation. You will be learning to flip burgers back and get paid $14 an hour. Thank you, Sarah. That's all for this session. Hopefully those tips help set you up
7: for success in the future. Thank you for listening and make sure to tune in next month for another segment of iBioBits.
3: Hey, you reached the end of this episode. Well there's actually a bit more. Thanks for donating your brainwaves to us for this short amount of time. To keep up with what's on our minds, make sure to like and follow the podcast. We'll be releasing new episodes on the first Thursday of each month with a different set of hosts. Got a question, comment, or suggestion on your minds? You can send a voice message at anchor.fm slash or fill out our online form at bit.ly slash brainwaves questions. Want to keep up with all things iBiomed? Follow our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube channels at Mac iBiomed. And thanks to Lope Music Production for our background music. Until next time.